the fundamental issue that we're dealing with right now is that there is a call from the Lord to come and build a relationship with Him, to seek His face, to grow in our intimacy on a personal level with Him, to be those kinds of people that often withdraw to lonely places and spend time with Him, that there is a need in these times for the development on a personal level for a deeper walk with God. It is not just enough to come and be part of something like this, although that's necessary, uh, but the, there is a need for us to draw aside on a personal level. M some of the most beautiful, life-transforming and peace-bringing things that I've heard from God happened in a secret place. And it affects everything else about my life. And I'm so grateful for those moments where I was in the secret place. It makes me wonder why I don't go to the secret place more often. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Okay. So every time I come out and I go, oh, that is, whew, then I go and tell people, you know what the Lord told me? And they go, oh, that's cool. And I go, I should do that more often. Have you ever been asked the question, if you could sit down to lunch with anybody in history, who would you most like to spend time with? And I've heard all sorts of answers to that question. People go, oh, Alexander the Great, or whatever. You know, they've got some, someone, Vivaldi, or you know, whatever. Imagine you could share a meal and you could question them and have answers and learn their perspective and facts about their lives and... Who would you tell about that? Can you imagine how much you dine out on that meal after the meal? Hey, I met with Vivaldi. You know what he thought about piano? He, you know, he, he thought there should be an extra, you know, whatever. How would that shape your decisions? A, a little while back, there was this ad campaign uh, that included uh, the man they called the most interesting man in the world. How many of you remember that ad campaign? So here are a few things that... The ad campaign ran, it spoke about the most interesting man in the world, quotes. The circus ran away to join him. He once brought a knife to a gunfight, just to even the odds. Roses stop to smell him. When he holds a lady's purse, he looks manly. His tailgate parties have been known to cause game delays. Sharks have a week dedicated to him. Eskimos have seven different words to describe his beard. He once parallel parked a train. He can slam a revolving door. He's Santa's secret Santa. His fortune cookies simply read, congratulations. He once had an awkward moment just to see how it feels. He is the most interesting man in the world. Fictitious people aside and bragging aside, which is never a good idea, especially if your own mouth is doing it about yourself. We're offered so much of a relationship. We're offered as much of a relationship with God as we want. The ancient of days, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace says, would you like to know me? 
Jesus came back to make a path to God clear and open, and he removed every hindrance between you and God. He took away your sin. He broke your sinful nature, put it to death. He baptized you into his son. He has caused you to die with Jesus, to be buried with Jesus, to be raised with Jesus, to be seated with Jesus. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You have the mind of Christ. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. He's given you the name, which is the name above every other name, that you should use it, and if you use it in his name, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in his name, on his behalf, in his will. God has set this playing field up so profoundly in your favor, in my favor, that he's going, I really want you to know me. He's put the enemy under your feet. He's given you all things. And his invitation to you is come and live with me. So let's talk about God most high. He created everything that exists. Without him, nothing that exists was made. The universe is sustained by his word, according to Hebrews. He has the power to bring everything into the conformity of his will. He is love. He has all knowledge and all wisdom. You need some? He's awesome in power. He's never lost a battle. He is the redeemer of all things. He is good and the kindest person you'll ever meet. He is the only high priest that God listens to on behalf of mankind. He is absolutely trustworthy. He never lies and he loves you with an eternal love. And he's inviting you into a relationship with him. Do you understand? He is the reason everything exists. He is God Almighty. In him was life, and without him there is no life. Before him, nothing existed. He brought everything into existence. And when he wraps all of this time up, the only thing that goes on is everything that's caught up in him. He is the beginning and the ending of all things. And he invited you to come and get to know him. Revelation 3.20 is this famous verse that's used so many times in evangelistic meetings, but I think it's speaking to the church. In fact, it is speaking to a church, not speaking to unbelievers. He says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. He, can you just picture this? See, this is what blows my mind. The, the, the literal wrong way round of this. He's standing and knocking. And if anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and sup with him and eat with me. Somebody told you the, you know, the, the president of, of Great Britain or the, the king of England or somebody, some dignitary is at your door knocking. Hey, hey, could you let me in? Nah. House is not tidy. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in. And we can sit down and we can sup together and we can have a meal and we can have a discussion and there can be questions and answers and I can transform your life. Imagine coming out of a meeting with a living God and what do you say to other people? He doesn't like that. In Psalm 14 and Psalm 56 is the same verse, but basically it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. 
They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. That literally means somebody who's morally corrupt, that word fool. It means somebody who's not thinking straight because they messed up their lives. A fool says in his heart, there is no God. But the, the truth is, if you come to that conclusion, there is no God, well, then you live your life as though there is no God and there is no need to give your life or to pay obeisance or to listen to what he has to say because you don't believe he even exists. And so, so verse 2 says, the Lord looks down from heaven on all of mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Because this is what God, it's very simple from heaven's perspective. God looks down to see who's seeking me. Because if, if you're not seeking God, it means you, you don't believe he exists. But if you're seeking him, he goes, yeah, I like that. Because Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, you cannot please God. It's not possible to please God. Because anybody who comes to God must believe these two things, that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. He rewards those who seek him. So the fundamental to our faith is God exists. And he rewards those who seek. So if you come to faith, if you settle that fundamental premise, God exists and he rewards seekers, well then heaven looks down and sees if there's anybody who understood that. Anybody who's seeking God. It's fairly easy. Yes, yes, no, 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 yes. They get it. If you were to look at your life and your response to his invitation, there is something of a need in the church for us to turn our hearts again and say to the Lord, I'm coming after you. I'm seeking you. I want to know your heart. I want to know your ways. I'd like to align my life with you. I'd like to be led by your spirit. Not a whole list of legalistic things to do. I'm just talking about a basic principle here. If you get this, if you understand this, you get who he is, and you get the invitation he made, then the most obvious response is I'm coming to seek you. Faith demands response. If you believe, there is a congruent action. If I told you, there is a bomb about to go off in the middle of this building in one minute. And you believe me. You'd all run for the door. Because faith requires corresponding action. The moment you believe that there's a bomb about to blow, you'd all rush for the edge. But none of you believe that. So you're sitting calmly. The moment you believe... God wants to know you, and he wants you to know him. And he wants to pour out his love and his wisdom and his counsel to you. The moment you believe that, you start to seek him. Because he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek. We're coming up on a season of the, the next six weeks in, in our tradition in our life where everybody's crazy busy. There's family. There's things, there's end-of-year things, there's finishing up this, you know, the academic deals and fiscal years and end-of-year parties and Christmas and family, and it's crazy busy for the next six weeks. 
It also happens to be one of those moments that's very poignant in the spirit. There's an urgency in the spirit. There is a, an increase of the knock at the door. This is the moment. Hear me, please. This is the moment to build your walk with the Lord. And I feel so strongly about this. We've committed this whole month to just bringing up aspects of the journey map because I'm encouraging people to make a deliberate investment in your spiritual life personally, on a personal level, for the next six weeks. I hope that you make a deliberate decision to engage with the Lord in some mechanism. A deliberate attempt to hear His voice. A very deliberate attempt to grow in some way spiritually, personally. Because I think it's going to be exceptionally necessary. This is the season to gather oil. Because the season to burn oil is coming. Gather as much as you can. In this season of gathering. I'm going to invite two people up to come and share with us what they've learned from the journey map and how it's blessed them. Uh, so I'm going to ask Katie Gitman and Scott Ritzheimer to come up and join me. Well, if you've been with us for the last couple of weeks, you've seen we've been doing this. We've been going through two lands of our journey map. Our journey map is a resource that we developed to help people grow spiritually, and it's a mechanism of discipleship um, that's up in the wall here, but it's also online, and you can get everything that you need there. It's a curated set of resources that we believe will help you grow spiritually. It's in line with the uh, yoke that this church will put on you. This is what we believe about these issues. It's uh, a lot of the resources developed by us, but many of the resources are from books and uh, other mechanisms and that we've found that other people have done that have tremendously aided our life and have blessed us. We got together when we started it with 50 or 60 of uh, the most mature spiritual people in the church. We asked them to gather resources that really had actually helped them. It was like a matrix of uh, just tell me what's really worked for you that helped you grow closer to the Lord and grow up spiritually. And we, we collated those all into the journey map. So it's just a joy for me today to have with me Katie Gitman and Scott Ritzheimer. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Katie, let me just tell you about her as a wife and a mother of three. Uh, Katie, along with JD, uh, her husband, a leader, local gym, missional community in Johns Creek, and their elders with us, which is great. And Scott is a husband and a father and an elder here and a CEO. And uh, uh, both of these people have uh, uh, tremendously uh, productive lives, but also very busy lives. They're no different from you in that respect. In fact, they might be a little busier than you are just with the, the, the phase of life they're in and working through. And I thought it would be great for us just to spend some time talking to ordinary busy people 
uh, but leaders in the church about what the Lord's doing in their life and, uh, and really what's going on. So I'm going to just start with Katie and just ask you, can you just give us an overview of spiritual life, which is kind of the land that you, you're representing? Yeah, sure. Good morning, Northlands. I am so excited to have this opportunity to share a little bit about spiritual life land with you and some of the resources that have really impacted my walk with the Lord. Um, we've actually talked about this a lot this morning, but I wanted to share with you that, um, you know, for much of my Christian walk, I really knew a lot about Jesus, but I didn't have that personal relationship with him. And the danger in that is that Christianity can become this list of rules that we keep. And what I've learned is that God is not interested in robots. Yeah. He wants sons and daughters who connect with his heart, who hear his voice, who are aware of his presence, and that will partner with him to bring heaven to earth and to reveal who he is to this world. So spiritual life, the resources here are designed to help us cultivate that vibrant relationship with him, that everyday walk where we're being led by the Spirit. And so some of the milestones here in this land, God's word, prayer, worship, hearing God's voice, and the Holy Spirit gifts are all a part of that process. And we'll, these resources will help us navigate growing deeper in our relationship and our understanding of who he is. That's good. Uh, tell me something. What are your favorite? What's really ministered to you? What's jumped out? Okay, so right away, one of my top choices is hearing God's voice. Um, it's Greg Haswell, uh -huh. this guy right here. Um, okay, this resource changed my life. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things we must know as children of God is how to hear our Father's voice. Without the ability to communicate, there's not much of a relationship with there. Um, so two, two of the sessions I wanted to highlight, there are actually eight sessions in the series, and each session explores a different way that we can hear from God. So two of the sessions, the first one, the prophetic. When I was new to Northlands, when I first came to Northlands, the prophetic was very new to me. The words would come up on the screen after service. Somebody would come up on stage and share a word, and I would go, what is that? You know, it just felt like either these people were really weird or they were like the super spiritual people. And what I learned through um, this prophetic uh, teaching is that, you know, Prophecy is for all of us, that Paul encourages all, encourages all of us to eagerly desire to prophesy. So the prophetic is for you, and it's for me. And not only that, this is just normal body life. And so um, I would definitely recommend checking out that series, and it will give you confidence and just a simple approach to make the prophetic part of your life, and you'll just jump in to helping, helping encourage the body um, through the words that God is sharing with you. So definitely check that out. The other session in hearing God's voice that really, really impacted my life is the session on journaling. Um, I had been journaling for many years before I heard this teaching. And what I would do when I journaled is I would journal my prayer requests or my reflections or the things that I was observing in scripture. It was all what I thought to God. But 
in the journaling that Greg teaches in this session, we're learning how to ask God a question and just wait and develop that spirit-to-spirit communication where we can write down what we feel like the Lord is saying to us. It's a simple little switch, but tremendous impact. So I wanted to tell you a quick story. When I started this type of journaling, I would get up in the morning and I would say, okay, Lord, you know, and I would write. I had a lot of doubts that God is this are these my thoughts or are these your thoughts? You know, I wasn't really sure. And then one morning he gave me a picture of my oldest daughter, Riley. I had been asking him to show me how he saw my children. So I wrote it down in my journal. And then over the course of the next few months, he confirmed that word twice. The first time we came up here to the ministry team, it was Riley's birthday, we asked for a prophetic word, and Sheila prophesied over Riley the same exact picture that I had written in my journal. I went home, and I thank (laughs) goodness I had that written record that I could go back to. I was like, I was mind blown. I was like, oh my goodness. And then again, because God is just that good, he's so playful, he's so fun, he's so kind. (laughs) My daughter went to a prophetic night for the youth group here, And she came home telling me that one of her youth group leaders shared the same picture that Sheila had shared with her up front here on that day where we received the word. And so, listen, I was was sold at that point. I thought, okay, the Lord is showing me, not only can I hear his voice, but he had also looped in some of my brothers and sisters to really help me see the value of the the prophetic and to just encourage me um, that this journaling thing was just such a great tool for me to jump in and to go deeper in my relationship with him. So definitely check out Hearing God's Voice. I highly recommend it. Even if you've been hearing from God from, you know, for 20, 30 years, it never hurts to just just jump into a fresh place to uh, connect with him, just like, you know, JD and I will say, hey, let's go try a new restaurant or let's pick up a new hobby together. It's just something something new sparks in your relationship with him and he will open your eyes and ears in profound ways. Beautiful. Um, One other uh, resource that really impacted me is this book right here. Uh, Strengthening Yourself in the Lord by Bill Johnson. Um, All of Pastor Bill's books are incredible, but this one had a particular impact on my life. Um, I would say one of the, the premise of this book is how to draw strength from the Lord when we're facing those giants in our life or we're in the middle of a storm. How do we do that? You know, most of the time I'm like, Lord, just give me a breakthrough, you know? I just, just eject me out of this circumstance. Um, but, you know, what I've discovered is more powerful than God pulling the eject cord is discovering that in his strength, I can stand in the middle of the storm victoriously. So, um, and not only that, but this book taught me that one of the um, fulfilling our destiny, walking in the fullness of what God created us to do is going to require us to face some giants. And Bill uses uh, just that illustration of David's life where he, um, you know, he went out to defeat Goliath and that really was the pathway to his promotion to becoming king. So we can face those giants, we can stand in the middle of the storm and that's gonna help us rise up and walk into everything God has called us to do. 
Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. That's beautiful. I love those books too. That's a particularly good one. Uh, you can see all of the resources that are being, if you hit the QR code on the chair as well, it'll take you to the page. If you go and look up there, I think it's the first one at the top, it'll show you how to get to these resources and if you're interested. Uh, let me jump to Scott. And just, just real quick on yeah. spiritual land, if I could. Um, <clears throat> spiritual land has a special place in my heart because it's the one land that makes every other one worth it. Mm. Right? I think it's the easiest one for us to opt out of, like, oh, that's Pastor Greg's responsibility or that's you know, what yeah. elders do or that's what. And uh, you know, I love leadership land. We'll talk about that. And, and it's a, a huge part of my life. But the only reason any of that matters is because of yeah. the investment and relationship I get to have with the Lord. Yeah. And as long as we keep that center, it's one of the things I love about the map is it's not a linear process. We don't graduate from these as we move, you know, left to right, up and to the right. Uh, it, it genuinely is spiritual land. And, and the things that you'll learn here, the, the walk and relationship that you can have with the Lord is what makes every other part worth it. Yeah. Very helpful. Thanks. If, uh, let's jump to leadership. Tell us about leadership land. Yeah, so leadership is my heart and passion as well. Uh, so powered by the spiritual life, I think what's so special about leadership land is, is where we really shift to offense. Uh, it's the thing that I love about it. And uh, when it comes to leadership, I think it's another one of those places that so many of us can kind of opt out, and that's not me, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's for the, the big ideas people, or I, I just yeah. want to get stuff done, or you know, it's for the, the people who are, are just extroverts and great with everybody. And the reality of it is uh, leadership land has something for every single person. There is an outworking of that relationship of what God has put into you, of who he is to you. And uh, there's a couple of resources that I think are just phenomenal for it. One is Visioneering. Uh, it's by Andy Stanley. We've uh, had a, a ministry, a couple of small groups, and we've taken uh, guys through this. And especially this time of year, you know, we're looking toward 2023, what's mm. it going to look like? Uh, so often we can just get caught in a rhythm of just doing what we do. Yeah. And what Visioneering does is Andy just lays out this practical example, and he uses Nehemiah of someone who had it going well. Like Nehemiah was a, he's a big to do in, yeah. inside of, you know, uh, you know, in his role and, you know, close to the king. And, and then all of a sudden he catches a vision from the Lord and he, he recognizes Jerusalem is in bad shape and somebody's got to do it. And I'm sure his first thought was like, hey, you know, Jerusalem's not doing too well. Why don't you guys fix that? But, but the Lord impresses on him. He's like, I've called you to this. So he travels hundreds of miles uh, and, and goes into one of the worst possible situations. He's got people fighting him on all sides. He's got people fighting him from within Jerusalem, the people that are supposed to be supporting him. And what Andy does is he just walks through Nehemiah's story and he shows point after point how the vision that God gave him was central to what Nehemiah was capable of doing. Uh, and he does it in a, a practical way that says, okay, and here's how that translates to your life. Life, right? Regardless of your role, regardless of your occupation, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom or you're CEO of a whatever company, there's a vision that God has for your life. And when you can partner with him in that, it's going to fuel what you do, both with passion and more importantly, purpose. Yeah, and the second one, uh, the second resource that has been super helpful for me is actually written by a friend and mentor of mine, Les McEwen, and it's Do Lead. It's a really short book. The audio book is just a couple hours long if you want to listen to that. Uh, it's really easy to follow. Um, but really the hallmark of the book uh, is the story that Les tells about his mom. 
his mom was a stay-at-home mom. She worked uh, side jobs to make ends meet in their blue-collar, you know, low-income family in Ireland in the midst of the Troubles. There's civil war going on. Um, and that civil war is not, you know, something that you read about in the news. It's something that affected their family directly when uh, Les's sister was killed. She walked out of uh, church service one evening and was, uh, I believe, shot in the back. Uh, and um, the, the thing I love about this book is it's not a book about the person who wrote it. So many leadership books are about, like, how cool the person is who wrote it. But Les tells the story of how his mom, you know, a stay-at-home mom who has no, to the outside world, obvious leadership gifts. She finds her way into the office of the leader of the IRA, Jerry Adams. He was, she was the first person from the other side, is what they called it, that he had ever spoken to in person. And she just wanted to know why. And through her persistence and, and her recognizing the leadership that she could give as no one in the fight, but she was able to actually be the one who ultimately got both Jerry and the provisional government in the same room together. Now, you'll never find her name in any of the, the books or resources on it. Uh, but her act of leadership, though silent to the rest of the world, created peace in an entire country. Mm. And the thing that he captures in this book is that every single one of us has a leadership calling. It may not look like you're here on stage. It may not look like you're going and starting your own ministry. It may not look like any of those things. But every single one of us, without having to deny who you are, without having to change who you are, but by being who you are and stepping in and helping what you see needs help, you can be a leader. And, and I love the way he, he brings that and calls us all to leadership. It's beautiful. Do you want to add anything? That's awesome. Yeah. I think... <laughs> The point of these times and these moments is that, um, and I hope you're getting the, the differences, uh, there are things, uh, there are resources, there are things that you can learn and it's not in one single direction, it's in every direction going outwards. The Lord wants to minister into your life, He wants to draw you to Himself, He wants to speak to you, He wants to inspire you for His call on your life. There is a giant of a God in you who is dreaming great dreams for you and He has laid hold of you for that purpose. And Paul said um, later on in his ministry, this is after he had raised the dead and he himself had been raised from the dead and he had um, seen many, many miracles, extraordinary miracles as the Bible says that God did. Um, the people used to sneak into Paul's workshop and take his work clothes his, and touch people with it so they could get healed. God was doing extraordinary miracles through this man and Paul said, not that I've already obtained all of this or have been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of that for which Jesus laid hold of me. Jesus laid hold of your life for a reason. He has a dream for you, and he means for it to be profound, and he wants to minister through you to many, many other people's lives. There is an invitation on the table. Most ladies dream about the day that some tall, dark, handsome guy gets on one knee and presents a ring and says, will you be mine? And you get to have a choice. Yes, I'd like to, or no. I, I did it somewhat differently. I said to Michelle, the Lord has spoken to me, you're supposed to be my wife. And she said, yes, he told me to. And I said, good, well, then we're engaged. That's how. I have become more romantic since then. 
Look, as a, you know, at that age, it seemed like the right thing to say. I was like, just, well, we're clear what the Lord wants. That's done. Um, Ladies, one day a man's going to bend the knee and offer you, would you, would you like to share your life with me? And if effectively we, we just took the cup, which was the Jewish way of saying, will you be mine? Because the Jewish husband would pour a cup of wine, pass it across the table in front of witnesses. That was his f- formal way of saying, would you be in a covenant with me? And if she picked up the wine and drank it, she was saying yes formally. And uh, at the table, Jesus pushed a cup of wine across the table to his disciples and said, this is the blood of a new covenant. And we just essentially said, yes. King of glory wants to meet with you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to equip you. And he wants to walk with you into all the dreams that he had for you. What are you going to say? My counsel is, over the next few um, weeks, that you make a decision. As we said last week, the tiniest action is better than the greatest intention. If you would just engage in some direction. I really believe God wants to meet with our church in the next six weeks in profound ways. I love uh, these two lands. I love the resources, and there are many, many more. If you want to, again, as I said, if you can just hit the QR code, it'll take you to the, the journey map, there are specific resources we spoke about today, but there are, there's, another, there's another tab there that'll take you to the whole journey map and you can investigate for yourself. Um, just really appreciative to you two. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for, they had a part, both of them, in, in adding to the journey map, so I'm really appreciative of that. I'm going to pray in just a moment for us, but I just wanted to take a moment. We have Fred Wilson with us. Fred's sitting at the back. He's the, he heads the Pastors Association for Norcross and Peachtree Corners and Fred, thank you for being here, and thank you for the work that you do. We appreciate you very much. Now I want to pray for us. Lord, would you stir something in our hearts? Would you help us, Father, grow? And uh, Lord, I pray that this invitation which you have set down before us, here I am. I stand at the door of your heart and knock. And I'm asking, Lord, that um, for those people this morning that you inspired through something that was said, I ask, Lord, that you'd not let the day go by without them engaging. And I pray for, Lord, profound impact. I pray that life change would happen and that all the glory would go to the Lord Jesus Christ because to you, Lord, all glory belongs. We give you thanks for this time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much.